in a vast abandoned library on the borders of civilization. Matthew and Eric find themselves trapped and lost with little hope of escape, surrounded by nothing but the esoteric books of definitely real authors they resolve to do all that they can do. Read. This is Lost in Narration. I don't know what we'll do for intro outro. Maybe twins again. Maybe... Maybe maybe not that. Maybe you're... Assassins. I don't know why I said assassins. That was a really... We're twin assassins. Twin assassins, yeah. Twin we're assassins. First, we're the first twin assassins. Who are we going to assassinate first? I think we have to assassinate other twins. Oh yeah, we have to be the only ones. I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to eliminate all the other twins, because there can't be that many twins. <laughs> I mean, it's not that rare, but it's also not that common. I think we go after the Olsen twins first. Mm. It puts us on the map. But how many other twins can there be? Like, 20? Something like that. Like, you mean total, or you mean 20 sets of twins? 20 sets, I think. 40 yeah, total. Yeah, yeah, But everyone knows when you kill one twin, you kill both. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like in a superhero movie when you kill the main villain and all the other yeah. villains die. That's the same thing with twins. Yeah. How do you think superhero movies got their inspiration? Twins. Are you going to sue Marvel or? Already done. Yeah. We, that's, how do you think we're so rich? You sued Marvel and you, you successfully sued Marvel? We've sued oh, yeah. almost every major corporation one way or another. Almost every is interesting, an interesting distinction. Is there is there one or two corporations maybe you Procter haven't? Procter and Gamble has has kind of avoided our litigious yeah, we strikes. Like them. We're we're big Procter heads. Yeah. Oh, you like them. Oh, I <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and you're not just saying that so they don't sue you? Well, they are sponsoring us. Um, I should I should I should say go to procterandgamble.com and when you order um, twenty dollars worth of products and use code twins, you actually get a two percent discount, one percent for every twin. Almost, mm, almost not, almost not worth it then. Oh yeah, <laughs> those products well, about, aren't that expensive. Yeah, but how about this? You're buying in bulk. Yeah, you you need that Oral B toothpaste. I just looked up what Procter and Gamble sold, and they they own pro- they own Oral B and Tide laundry detergent. Yeah. Yo, we don't have Tide, but I use an Oral-B electric toothbrush. Me too. I'm part of the fucking family. I'm a sponsor. They owe me. Oh, wow. They own a lot of things. They own Tide and Gain. Let's play guess guess which products Procter & Gamble (laughs) own. Yeah, it's like everything. Their Their website's pretty cool, though. Like any, like, houseware company that's, like, Oh, never mind. Their website's not cool anymore. It used to be really <laughs> awesome. What did it, what could it possibly be? I was going to ask about that. What, what, what did it used to be? Procter & Gamble website? It used to be like this. It was full screen of just a scene. And then... What did you say? A scene? Uh, a scene, like a house. It was like a house scene. You know, like an establishing shot. Uh-huh. And then you would scroll through and... It was like a 3D experience, and they would highlight everything in the house that was a Procter and Gamble product to browse. So you'd I don't remember. So you'd scroll, you'd scroll into the fucking kitchen, 
and they are they highlight the fucking washing machine detergent. In some frames, you can see like a family hiding in a corner. They're like Procter and Gamble just broke into my house. They're taking all these pretty pictures. Guess who they own? Mister Clean. The family. Mister Clean. Mrs. Clean. No, only Mister. They're not sexist. That's why we like them. Of course. They only own men. <laughs> Which is notoriously fame to do. Yeah, they've on a weekday. Har- they've done enough harm. Um, yeah, I just want to point out that any views expressed on this podcast are the views of Procter and Gamble, <laughs> and everyone who works at Procter and Gamble. Just in case there was any um, confusion. I agree. As the official new co-host of this podcast. I'm still looking for the cool Procter and Gamble website. Are you it's I gone, think- man? It's gone. <laughs> Are you if you're both co-hosts, does that mean you co 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 co-hosts? Oh, I I've used Herbal Essences Hair Care. They're owned by Procter and Gamble. No, well that answers that. Alright, now I'm 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 worried I gaslit myself and it's a different brand, so I mean, it does make sense. Procter & Gamble does own a surprising amount of things. I'm looking up, did Procter & Gamble have a cool website? I'm genuinely intrigued to see what the <laughs> results will be for it. Did Procter & Gamble have a cool website? <laughs> who's gonna, who's Who answered that on Quora? Yeah, there's not much on here, unfortunately. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course there's not much on <laughs> I saw it, I saw it circa 2019. Procter & Gamble website 2019. All right. Well, uh, this isn't a podcast, but we'll get our producers on this. We'll uh, we'll get them to investigate during the break uh, while we're doing our ad reads for Mister Clean. You do have professional fact checkers, right? Mm. Gamble, Gamble, pull that up. It's uh, Gamble. You might know him from the from the Procter and Gamble name. Oh, you hired Gamble. I know he was job searching for a while. Yeah, we hired the Gamble. It was a toss of the days, if you pardon the pun. Um, but yeah, it, so we're, it was a, we're in a, a library, aren't we? This is a, a cool library joke. that we're in. Look at all those books. It was a gamble joke. Yeah, um, I'm looking at these books and I'm thinking, let's keep talking for three minutes. I'm just kidding. Let's do it. <laughs> you want to you read a book? Let's do it. I really hope it's the uh, Procter and Gamble catalog. I let's let's pull it off. I'm look. I'm picking one oh, out at random. I have a really really good feeling it's going to be Procter and Gamble catalog. <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I hope it's a Procter and Gamble website. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hoping. Oh, you hope it. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't I didn't hear what you said. I thought you said that the book was the Procter and Gamble website and I was it like, that, I, 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 that. F- I wish because I can't find it. Okay, what's this book called? Please be Procter and Gamble. Please be Procter and Gamble. Six Feet Blunder. Subsidiary of PNG. We are gathered here today to remember a woman who, uh, a woman who, well, folks, this is rather embarrassing, but, uh, this teleprompter seems to be on the, on the fritz. Uh, fucking hell, Patty, can't you do anything right? I risk the priesthood for those games. All right. Fuck it. Shit. Who's the son again? Abercrombie? Abercrombie? Great. Just, uh, just come up and do the eulogy. Let's get this shit over with. Yes, I'm serious. Get on up here. Come on. Thank you. Fucking hell, man. Am I overreacting? I feel like I'm not overreacting. 
Oh, don't look at me like that, Patty. Patty, come on. All right. Here's this son. Break a leg, big guy. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm Abercrombie Dunt. Uh, I feel a little thrown here, not gonna lie. I didn't think I'd have to say anything. And uh, I am in mourning, after all. It's your mom's funeral. Exactly, Father Glib. Thank you. All right. Uh, what is there to say about my mother? Well, she was a drummer, but that's not all. She was also a woman who had a personality and a big one at that. But she was also a gambler and hard to love. She was a cunt, but she was my cunt. Like the song. My cunt, my cunt, my lovely lady cunt. Black Eyed Peas? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and I loved her to the ends of the earth. <laughs> she was a drummer, and having done some digging since her arguably timely death, it appears she gambled away not only my college fund, but actually, yeah, just my college fund when I was 15. That's all we kind of had. And I will never forgive her. She'd been playing the drums since she was just 46 years old. But she was no good. Since she gambled away my college fund, I had to go right into employment. Things actually turned out pretty well for me. Part of me is glad she's dead, so I don't have to give her any more of my sweet, sweet quiche. It's bad enough I gotta pay for that memorial bench. She played drums, and she always knew what to say. My heart will go on, like the song. My heart, my heart, my heart will go on. There were a lot of things I wanted to say to my mother. But while I got some closure before her death, there's still one conversation I wish we got to have. So if it's alright with you, I'd like to say some, some of those things now. In the off chance that maybe, just maybe, somewhere, she is listening. Big band music starts playing loudly, and when Abercrombie next speaks, the mic has been cut. Father Gleb comes back onto the altar, applauding loudly. Ah ha ha, that was great! Let's give a big hand to Abercrombie, that took a lot of courage! There's a smattering of applause throughout the church. As Abercrombie walks past Father Gleb to return to his seat, the priest stops him briefly to whisper in his ear. Trust me, man. I did you a favor. You were bombing hard. Father Gleb returns to the lectern, clapping again. All right, good stuff. Okay, we're going to have a brief intermission here. Let everyone stretch their legs. I don't know about y'all, but I need a drink. Haha, all right. Be back in a few. Father Gleb wanders off. and one of the back rows, Sarah Shoeladder turns to Betty Welch. So, you, uh, you having a good time? At this funeral? Betty, we talked about this. A Father Glib funeral isn't just any funeral. It's a funeral, As in, we're all having a fine, good, jolly, fun time. And ain't that fine? Yeah, I guess it's less the fact that you took me to this freak show funeral for a person who, as far as I can gather, you didn't even know but more the fact that you took me here for our first date. Oh, well, excuse me for not conforming to your traditions. What would you prefer, dinner and drinks? Yes, 
Yes, I actually would have preferred that. To a funeral? I'm leaving. Betty gets up to leave. Wait, Betty, wait. Look, I... I don't want to ruin the surprise, but... This funeral is actually a pretty big deal for me. Matter of fact, if all goes well, this could be my big break. Your big break? What are you talking about? Father Gleb returns to the altar. Alright, folks. Now, I don't know about you, but I think the mood here has been pretty low since we started to talk about all the death and the disease. So, uh, here to liven things up a little and making her stand-up debut, Sarah Shoeladder! What? Wish me luck! Sarah gets up and leaves the pew. Oh, God. Another smattering of applause. Sarah grins at Father Glib as he approaches her on the altar. Hope you brought your A-game, kid. The vibes are dire from here. Sarah approaches the lectern and clears her throat. (coughs) Jesus, who died? In the front row, somebody gets up and leaves. You know, all this talk about death and the deceased has me thinking about when my own mom passed away. When she died in her bed, peacefully, she weighed 550 pounds. It took the strength of five men to get her out of that bed. And I remember thinking, wow, I guess me and my mom had something in common after all. And all it takes five men to get me into bed. (laughs) What does that mean? I find that explaining a joke kind of takes away some of the magic. Your routine is far from magic. It's poison! Jesus. Seems, um, harsh. But, okay, for the one guy in the crowd who allegedly didn't get my joke, the joke is that uh, I I only uh, fuck men if there's at least five of them in the room. How would we know something like that? Uh, did I wander into the wrong parish? (laughs) Y'all know about my sexual tendencies. Hell, I've railed 15 of the men in here. Fifteen of the men in the church nod solemnly. Probably not something to shout about. This is a very small parish. Dad, look, I appreciate you showing up to support me, but this really isn't an audience participation type deal. All right, just trying to support you, that's all. Right, and I get that. Okay, now for something just a little bit silly. (laughs) For those of you who don't know... I actually brought a date to this thing. Can you believe that? And it's actually our first date. Betty, why are you coming up here? Why are you coming up here and trying not to make me look a, look a fool on our first date? How's that sound? Betty. No! <laughs> no. All right. L- let, uh... me ta- let me take that again. <laughs> Hey, can we get three more no's for you, please? <laughs> All right, <laughs> then I'll uh, I'll come down to you. <laughs> Sarah leaves the altar and walks over to the pew where Betty's seated. Hey, Betty, God, you are looking mighty fine tonight. If you don't mind my saying so. So how would you how'd you say our first date is going? Be nice. Sarah holds out the mic for her date. This is categorically the worst experience of my entire life so far. In fact, 
The only reason I haven't stormed out yet is because I feel like I kind of deserve this. It's a wake-up call. Once this hag is in the ground, I'm going to turn my whole life around. No more dating apps. No more red wine. <laughs> I know I can be better. I've tried before, and I can try again. Maybe I'll go back to college. Maybe I'll even let nice old Miss Higgity set me up with her granddaughter after all. Maybe I'll just kind of see what she's up to. Anything <laughs> is better than this. Betty turns to look Sarah dead in the eye. Anything is better than you. And my blows? Yeah. It's a nice blouse. It's a nice blouse, everybody. She said it. You heard her say it. I chose a nice blouse. God. You know, I was sort of dreading today's date. I was honestly surprised that a guy like you even agreed to it. But now that you've complimented my blouse, I see that there was nothing to worry about. Sarah drops the mic on the ground. It smashes. Father Clep runs back to the altar with a different mic. That's all right. I keep a smear in my... Okay, everyone give it up for Sarah's shoe ladder. She wasn't very good. To close out Kirsten's send-off, I'd like to do something a little bit different. And before I begin, I apologize if this seems a little unorthodox. It's actually, if nothing else, a confession. A long overdue confession. For you see, I've been keeping a secret from you all. From Kirsten's son, from the parish, from the police. The truth is, I'm the killer. What? You heard me. I'm the one who killed, who killed Kirsten. Didn't she die of natural causes? My mom died of cancer. Wait, really? Yeah. Are you sure? Have they, like, checked? They're... they're pretty sure. Yeah. <sighs> Phew! Oh, thank God. All right. Well, well, never mind. Thanks for coming, everybody! Father Gleb leaves the altar as, once more, big band music plays him out. Two police officers have entered the church and approach Father Gleb to apprehend him. False alarm, fellas. Twas the cancer that got her. The police officers glance at each other, puzzled, as Father Glib leaves the church with a pep in his step. Abercrombie looks around at the parish. Uh, we still have to bury her, right? Sarah stands up, affronted. Oh, fuck you. You may not have liked my stand-up beat off to bury me. What does that even mean in a colloquial sense? I meant my mother. Sarah sits down. Oh, well, this... <laughs> this is embarrassing. Call that a six-feet blunder. <laughs> a few people in the church chuckle softly. You hear that? Sarah stands up. You hear that? Betty's head is in her hands. You got one small laugh. Someone on the row behind Betty and Sarah taps Sarah on the shoulder. Assault! S Sarah Shulata? Nice to meet ya. I'm Thirsty Lunch. I'm a producer on The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien. Damn, he kept the Tonight Show in this universe, huh? Exact late night. 
Anyway, I heard your joke about the six feet blunder, and I have to say, it's some of the best stand-up I've heard in years. So I won't uh, beat around the bush here. I'd love to have you on the show. You want me to come on Conan? He's the greatest late-night host since Letterman. More of a Leno guy myself, but sure. I reject your offer. Excuse me? You see, it's tempting, your offer. Potentially life-changing, despite the fact that late night is undoubtedly dead in the water. Sarah rests her hand gently on Betty's lap. It's freezing. But I think I've got a better offer right here. Sarah leans in for a kiss. Betty gets up, stands on the pew, and roundhouse kicks Sarah in the head, right there in the church. Ah! Why did your roundhouse kick me? Cowbell. What? She cowbell kicked you. What the fuck are you talking about? Not a listener then, huh? A listener of what? Are you kidding? The original podcast. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. You're not tuning in? Hold up. Conan O'Brien has a podcast? Of course. He's the daddy of the medium. This changes everything. And, uh, I accept. Sarah turns to Betty. Betty, I'm afraid our relationship can go no further. And frankly, I'm relieved. I'm sick of your childish games. She turns back to Thrusty Lunch. When do I start? My offer doesn't extend to the podcast. Alright, well, uh, I'll just take the TV one then. You said late night was dead in the water. I was bluffing. So you'd offer me a less humiliating deal, but if late night's all I'm good for, then I'll see you at 11.35. It actually is at 6 a.m. now. No kidding. Yeah, NBC's been gradually pushing the time slot minute by minute in minute by minute increments since 2009. Conan is uh, yet to notice. Well, I think we've all learned something here today. What? Jay Leno? Sarah takes out a pair of cool sunglasses and puts them on her head. It's bueno. Sarah Shearladder would go on to appear on The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien on three separate occasions. During her third appearance, she closes her set by proposing to Betty Welch, who is inexplicably seated in the front row. Betty says yes, because isn't that just Betty all over? They marry in the spring, and Betty never smiles again. But Jay Leno? Well, he's living up. Happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, so, um, I just, I really think it's important that by the end of each of my scripts, Jay Leno is living up. So, how about this weather? So, how about this weather we're having in the library? <laughs> Here's something I don't understand about this library. Why oh. is it that they changed it in 2019 so it's no longer as cool as it was when I checked it the first time? <laughs> Budget cuts. I hate to say it, but I remember, Matt, in 2019, you went on the Procter & Gamble website and you said, What the fuck is this? It used to be cool. There used to be menus. And there were still menus. It jumped the shark, but now I miss it. You know who else jumped the shark? Fonzie. Wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm glad you, I'm really glad you brought up Happy Days. Um... Obviously, since last episode, Holly's our uh, sitcom expert. <laughs> yeah. <our> sitcom guru. <laughs> and I know even less about Happy Days than I... I watched less episodes of Happy Days than I did about Brady Bunch. Yeah, so it only makes sense for us to quiz you <laughs> on uh, Frasier. 
All right, question one, and I've I've never seen Frasier. Um, <laughs> Wait, this is not Frasier. Okay, I've never seen an episode of Frasier in my life. This is gonna be great. All right, but I mean, I guess since you're a general, a general, you're, you're humble, you're modest, yeah, yeah, no, you're a yeah. general sitcom expert. So even though you haven't seen a specific sitcom, osmosis, you know, you probably you you probably know a great deal more than the average person. Um, who was the guy? Who was the guy who played? Uh, who who's he? He he uh, he was in it. <laughs> Frasier. Yeah, who was it? Who's it? What's the guy's name? He played uh, Sideshow Bob. Frasier. All right. Wait a second. All right, well, hold see. on. I actually have a really interesting question about Frasier that actually relates to the book we just read. Yeah. Is he dead? The episode, quote, "Good grief," end quote. Uh huh revolves around Frasier's five stages of depression. But what is he depressed about? Isn't he a therapist? Oh, sorry. It's multiple choice. Um, oh. I'm, I'm reading this out of the, the great Frasier <laughs> trivia book okay. that I picked okay. up. A. He has become bankrupt. B. He lost his job. C. His dick doesn't work. Or D. His father Martin died. I think E, uh, life is just sucky because it's t- where he's graduating into a pandemic and can't find a job. I'm going to have to go with F for uh, Frasier. <laughs> it's actually kind of both. <laughs> it's both and neither at the same time. Oh, the perfect trivia question. He <laughs> did graduate and he just kind of hates office life. That's and his so name true. is Frasier. But also, his dick doesn't work. That's all. That's all fair. It's kind of some of the above. Frasier was a spinoff of Cheers, and I do bar trivia. And shout out to my bar trivia crew. And there's a ton of questions about Cheers. And Cheers was a spinoff of your bar. Shout out to Twenty Four Seconds in Berkeley, Michigan. Antonio, yeah, if yeah, you're I listening, Antonio, he's our trivia host. Um, this is a message from Team Scooby Dumb. Uh, Hi. We love I, you. you know what I love about Scooby Dumb? What? It's that he just, in his first appearance, he went, dum 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 dum. <laughs> Fun fact about Scooby Doo and Scrappy to a certain extent in the first Scooby Doo movie, um, Scooby Doo meets the Boo Brothers, where Shaggy and Scooby and Scrappy uh, go to uh, Shaggy's Confederate uncle's plantation because Shaggy <laughs> has inherited it. Um, there's an escaped circus ape that Scooby is convinced is a ghost ape. But a sheriff just thinks it's a regular ape. And the sheriff was actually correct. Nice. Also, there's a there's a hunchback man. Oh, and... Is he from Notre Dame? No, he uh, runs the plantation. Oh, so he's oh. a slaver. Well, no, this okay. Oh. So there's no slaves there anymore. He just kind of takes care. Uh, His family probably owned it when there was. Pro- yeah, no, no, no. Shaggy's Shaggy's family. From, uh... Shaggy's family. Oh, okay, Shaggy's so Shaggy, family. Okay. Shaggy is descended from slave owners. This guy. Okay. I want to see a new Scooby Doo movie where Shaggy pays the reparations. Let's make it that next script. Well, yeah. we might we might run into an issue because Shaggy was actually being pursued by a neighbor hillbilly girl who um, 
wanted to bone him really bad. And her brother, I assume because he wanted to have sex with his sister, didn't like it. So he tried to kill Shaggy and Scooby as they hunted for Shaggy's Confederate uncle's hidden jewels alongside right. the... The three students. Yeah, and I think by the yeah, I think by the next one they'll have all that straightened out, and then he'll he'll be paying what to do. I think he'll use the family jewels to do that. He'll be paying yeah. what Scooby do in a way. Now that's real. And that's my time, folks. All right. Yeah. Thanks for coming to my first ever library stand up sesh. Uh, I know I forgot I was doing stand up immediately. We just sort of had a conversation this and read Hey. This has been Lost in Narration. Tune in next week to find out what the boys get into next. Uh, though it's it's probably more books because of the library thing. Yeah. <laughs>